Hello, and thank you for joining me today for another episode of Titanium Blonde Talks, the podcast for women, about women, and all around sharing women's lives, their stories, uplifting and celebrating women with a platform that is kind of non-traditional from the standpoint that I'm not a huge believer in interviews. I love to just have conversations and my ladies of the pod have some great things to tell you. So thank you for joining us today. And today I am welcoming Lori. Now, Lori is a tarot reader for 30 plus years and her tagline, and I love this tagline is, it's the woo-woo without the cuckoo. She's in Ontario, Canada, and she does a great, if you're on Instagram, you can find her under Tarot Lori. I will make sure it's in the show notes so you can find her. But the other thing that she does every day that I really love is that she does a card pull of the day and her delivery is fantastic. Her sense of humor just ties up with mine. And I love that it's a quick little hit for me to start my day and kind of keep that in the back of my mind. So I want to welcome Lori and thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, Sherry. I'm really excited to have a chat today. (laughs) (laughs) So over 30 years, tell me how you got started with tarot. Well, I've always been interested in, you know, the metaphysical since I was a little kid. I love just anything to do with anything in that realm. And I met, I'm originally from Calgary, Alberta, and there was a lady in Calgary back in the late 80s, early 90s, who was uh, like a self-proclaimed white witch, which basically meant pagan. And everyone, her name's Erica, and everyone saw Erica. My dentist, the doctor, my mom and dad, like everyone would go to see Erica. (laughs) And so I saw Erica, and I actually did a paper on witchcraft and feminism uh, in my senior year of university and ended up getting her as an interviewee. I was able to interview her as sort of a modern witch. And she looks it. I mean, she looks like, you know, Elvira with the crazy big black hair. But oh, hers, yeah. hers is actually titanium, but like platinum blonde. <laughs> and um, she black, like gothic makeup and everything. She looks the part. Uh, and we got to know each other when I interviewed her and she mentored me on the cards. And I got my own deck and then was sort of off to the races. Now, let me ask you this, because I have some friends that do that read tarot and some other things, and I have my own deck. And I know that you can feel or that some people have an affinity for a specific deck or so how do you I mean, do you replace your deck regularly? I mean, what what's your what's your connection to the cards? Mm -hmm. Well, my deck is my original deck. It's 30 plus years old. Oh my god. Yeah, this bad boy has seen some things. And it's interesting <laughs> because I do workshops. Right. <laughs> and when I do my workshops, um I use my deck and everyone brings these brand spanking new decks. And mine's a traditional Rider weight, nothing fancy about it, but right. it's very the pictures are very worn. Like there's markings on them just from the I was going to yeah. say that and and the colors are very warm. I mean, yeah, it's they're very, very- muted. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's, it looks like it's a vintage deck. And I guess, isn't anything over like 25 yeah. years considered vintage? All right, there we it's go. Vintage, <laughs> just like me. <laughs> me too. Well, yeah, we're going to inhabit that space. Exactly. Own it. So yeah, I, I have other I have other decks. I don't really use them. I've actually designed a deck, which I'll be oh, getting. Wow. I, there were holdups with everything with the quarantine on getting printing done overseas. So 
I'm starting to look into getting it um, and the next run done. I've only done, I've only printed like 15 of them in the past. We just designed them an illustrator friend in mine a couple of years ago. So oh, I'll be, I want one of your decks. Definitely. Yeah, they're lovely because they're so inclusive. There are all these different like body shapes and colors and configurations of humans. And she just did a beautiful job. So even having that deck I've created myself, this guy, my original deck. I don't know why he's a guy and not a lady, but he's, he's, he's like my deck. He's my ride or die. Okay. All right. I was curious about that because I know, you know, some people that I know, they have multiple decks and it depends on the day and whatever it is. So I was curious Mm -hmm. to know that is fantastic. You're still using your original deck. Yeah. When you came through the point of being tutored and you were ready to go out on your own, what did you, were, were you just like, I'm just going to do this as for fun or mm-hmm. I mean, what was your, was there a drive behind all of this? Other I just, than just curiosity. Well, it was definitely, it was like a really intense curiosity. Um, and I always would just I I worked, I have a communications degree. I worked in corporate communications, but I would always be doing tarot on the side. And it would originally, as everyone starts out, you've got the little book that comes with it and you're shuffling the deck with your friend going, okay, it says this. Do you think that's what it is? What do you think that means? Right? Just kind of bumble your way through it. And then, but, and when I had jobs, I would always be, you know, offering my clients readings. (laughs) (laughs) or at staff parties here. Anyone want tarot? I was constantly just bringing it out. And one of the things that helped me kind of take things to the next level is when we moved across the country, I lost the book. And and yeah, and when I've since found it, but in losing the little book, I was kind of, oh God, what do I do now? Because Mm -hmm. I didn't really have confidence in my ability to read without them. And I was forced to just, you know, rely on my intuition. Well, it kind of means this, but it's also the, and the, I, I always tell people you get a dialogue going with your deck over the years. And mm-hmm. so the traditional tarot 101 interpretations of the cards can definitely evolve over time. And your interpretation of the card is just as important, if not more so, than the traditional tarot 101 right. meaning. And another thing I tell people that you'll probably think this is great is um, for the minor arcana, which is. There's the major arcana, minor arcana, and major arcana is the sun, the moon, death, the world, all the big cards. The minor arcana is like the 10 of cups and the three of swords. And it's, it's what sort of evolved into our modern deck of cards. And when, when I do my workshops, I always start off by telling people, we're not here to memorize cards because no joke, 30 plus years later, if you ask me, what's the seven of swords? Couldn't tell you. Couldn't pick it out of a lineup. I have no clue. Can't describe it right now. Can't describe it. But you show me that card, I'll talk about it for three hours. You right. put it with two more cards, now you've got yourself a reading, you know? So yeah. Well, and it's it's the inner is it the energy that you're picking up that's behind the cards? Or... It's the story of the picture. Okay. You know? So okay. this, what am I holding here? I'm holding the seven of cups, but I always have to look. And I don't have I my deck's so old, it doesn't have the it doesn't have the numbers written out on it. It doesn't say seven of cups. <laughs> it just has two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah. I either count literally. I either count them or there's a little Roman numeral hidden at the oh, top. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So I'll look and go, oh, seven of cups. Oh, that's what that is. But I I don't look at the number. I just look at the picture and that's right. the story. And then I okay. always get um I call them vignettes, little visuals in my mind, or I'll get body sensations, or I'll get just sort of knowings or or just feelings about 
things in the middle of a reading. Yeah, it's absolutely channeling. And I just don't hold back on that. And that's another, that was another big shift in my sort of journey as a tarot card reader is when I stopped caring what other people thought. Right. And it didn't it because when I was looking for validation, if I was reading you looking for validation, did I do it right? Do you like it? Is this does this make sense to you? Then it's about me. Right. Right. It's about feeding my ego. Whereas when I just make it as here are my messages, I got Goosey's just talking about here are my messages for you. I'm giving them to you. That's what I'm here to do. And then the focus is where it needs to be, which is on you. Right. I think that when you do that, I mean, as a, you know, I've I've been a yoga teacher for 18 years and those, I can feel those energetic sparks is what I call Mm -hmm. them when I, when I meet someone or when someone comes in to take a class and I don't, it's not everybody because I've learned to kind of shield myself Mm -hmm. from, you know, energy bleed from other people because it's exhausting. There are just certain people or I'll wake up and I'll have some kind of a hit. I need to check in with so-and-so, you know, there's, there's something. And when I was a kid, it was more prevalent in that I would meet someone and have a sensation of knowing them after never having met them before or having a dream about someone and then meeting them and not necessarily realizing until we were like right in front of each other going, okay, now this connection is, I get what it is. Um, It's, I think that when you're, when you're open for that channel piece or you are, you can connect to that energetic flow that you're getting, that person is broadcasting to you. It's just, are you paying attention or not? And I never really thought anything about it until I was probably 11 or 12. And um, my grandmother, my dad's mother, who was sort of like my touchstone for my life, always the one that was mm-hmm. there with the the food and the unconditional love and all, you know, just she yeah. was just my my lady. Your person. And she was my person. And yeah. she said to me, she goes, Sherry, you know, things that other people don't know. And I went, I do. She goes, you know, you do. And I'm like, I guess I do. She goes, it's <laughs> It's okay. That's, that's okay. That's, a, that's, a, and she said, and you, you, it's okay for you to, to, to you know, to pay attention to that. And yeah. she was Danish, you know, her whole line of her family on both. I mean, those were Danes, powerful Danes. So I'm like, you know, a while ago, I kind of woke up one day and went, I feel like I came, like I was a Viking warrior mm-hmm. at some point in time in my life back there. Like that's where the, I, that power for that presence of whatever it is I have today comes from that space. Yeah. And, but she's not here for me to talk to about it anymore. So, but when you're talking about that, that's the sense I get is that you're feeling that energy. It's, it's flowing to you and you're just opening up to receive what it has to tell you. Yeah. And the cards just kind of give you the vehicle for that. Exactly. That's what I always say is my deck is like my hammer. You know, it's my all purpose tool. I can bang stuff, pry stuff, whatever, right? I can, I can do what I need. Whereas something like mediumship, which I'm very interested in, and I definitely get things coming through during reading sometimes, but I have I can't call upon it. So I always say something like mediumship or, you know, tea leaves or something like that. It's more like that obscure screwdriver that you use like twice a year and you're not sure you're using it right, but it kind of works. Whereas tarot for me is the all purpose, but whatever helps you. And even if it's just meditation and, you know, channeling that way, whatever helps you hook into that, that wisdom, um, go for it. Well, and I, I don't feel like I have as much connection to the, I don't feel like I dream as much anymore. And Mm. I don't know if that's been just because of menopause. (laughs) 
and hormones I mean, shifting or what, or, you know, my sleep is not that great. I, yeah. I don't know if you've noticed that as you've gotten a little older, it's like sleep can sometimes be very fleeting. I've actually invested in earplugs in the last two months because of this whole quarantine with my family, like being up in my business 24 <laughs> seven. And it's been a godsend. I need to physically block out sound to get proper sleep. But I hear you as you yeah, as we're getting older, all sorts of wackadoo things are well, happening. And I've started using a um, air purifier next to my bed. And I was a person who was like, I need quiet. Yes. Sleep. And I thought there's no way in hell I'm going to be able to sleep with this thing next to my bed. But it really does help in terms of my allergies and all of that to have that thing go. So now I've gotten used to the whole thing. Yeah. But it's like, I just... There are times when I feel like I can lay down, I'm tired, I lay down, and then all of a sudden my brain, the gerbil in the wheel starts, hey, we haven't thought about this for a while. Let's unpack that. Yes. Let's stay up for a while and unpack that. Yeah. Or I go to sleep and I wake up at three o'clock and I can't go back to sleep, right? And so it's like, I just, I feel like that's kind of disrupted my ability to be able to be as yeah, open. tapped into the energy and, and the dreaming and, and the meeting of people. I, I don't necessarily always feel that connection. So that's what I was going to ask you. Do you feel like your your connection, your your energetic information that you has it has it stayed pretty steady over the 30 years that you've been been reading or have you noticed any changes or blips or anything like that yeah that's a great question that's a really good question I've had um like I said times when you know I lost the book when we moved and I was caught up in that or I had babies and I was busy doing that so I wasn't necessarily picking up my deck as often and so yeah there have definitely been ebbs and flows over the years but one thing just to go back to you with your sleeping have you ever done uh, dream journals or free writing or just have pen and paper by your bed? I do. You know, I have a journal next to my bed, but, um, you know, the odd thing is, is that sometimes I would have dreams where it would be like I was in a movie mm -hmm. and I'd have this sensation of like, I would be like, really like I would shrink like Alice, oh, in, you know, like okay. I would be like really tiny and it would be this weird weird sensation and then all this and it would be like in technicolor right and i'd be and it'd be like all this stuff and i'm like wow this is a lot of shit going on yeah here. and i was young so i didn't really understand it a whole lot and um and then it would just be i'd have like normal dreams and then um when i hit 40 my mom's mom passed away and i was sort of you know my anxiety and depression kicked in and i kind of fell off the cliff so mm -hmm. i had a doctor and i wasn't sleeping and my doctor was like you're not, you know, your serotonin isn't getting regenerated and we need to get you sleep. So she put me on a drug called trazodone, which is an old tricyclic and it helped me sleep. But it was like, I was, it was either black right. or I would dream in that technicolor like thing. And it would be overwhelming because it was like technicolor on steroids. Mm. And I think after that, after I stopped taking all of those meds, my dream stuff was my, it was never the same after that. So I don't know if that's what the change was or just not that I'm not getting into a deep enough REM sleep. But I do sometimes when I wake up and I remember something, I'll jot it down in my journal. But do you want me to give you a quick little exercise to try? Sure. Try it for a week. It's not okay. going to make things worse. Just okay. keep pen and paper by your bed. Now, are you in a position that you're able to just kind of 
wake up of your own volition or do you have an alarm going or someone waking you up? I wake up on my own. I don't wake up. With, okay. I'm, I, I live by myself. I wake up. Perfect. I don't set an alarm unless I absolutely have to be somewhere. Okay. So the days that you don't set alarm, I got gooseies about this. This is good for you. Um, <laughs> keep pen and paper by your bed. Okay? okay. Like one of those coily notebooks, if you've got one, it doesn't have to be anything do. super fancy. Yeah. yeah. And then when you when you start to uh, become conscious in the morning before you even open your eyes, right? When you're just starting to rise above the surface, you just reach over to that pen and you just barf your brain onto the page and okay. you write for three pages straight. Don't, no more, no less. Okay? okay. And the first half of the first page might just be, I have to pee, I have to pee, I have to pee, or why am I, this is dumb, what's going on? Or it might be a dream you were having or whatever, right? You just write and write and write. And it'll be chicken scratch. You don't even have your eyes open. It'll be writing on top of writing. And that's okay because by the time you open your eyes, it's half gone. By the time you get up to pee, it's all gone, right? What's in your head. And so you just dump your brain on the page. Then you go, you know, wake up, um, do whatever, get ready. And then reflect on those pages. Some of it you won't be able to read, but the stuff, it's amazing the stuff that comes up out of nowhere. Oh, when I was seven, (laughs) this is interesting things. And then if you want to take it next level, If there's something you want guidance on, or if you're something, you know, what is keeping me from having a restful sleep? Or what can I do to get out of this situation? What can I do to bring this into my life in a faster, easier way? What or give me clarity about this person, whatever it is, you write your question at the top of the night before. And then in the morning, you dump your brain on the page. And it may take a couple of days, but it's often either something will show up on the page that reflects to that question. Or something will come to you that day or a couple of days later that impacts what it was you were needing clarity or assistance on. Okay. All right. It's pretty, it's pretty magical. So try that and let me know how it goes. I will. And you know, and it's just the whole thing of what I've noticed with all of this pandemic stuff is that early in, in the month of March, as we were, you know, still open because I work, I manage a, a business manager health club mm-hmm. as we were still open and, and people were coming in and we were seeing attendance start to drop. And there was a lot of, I, I had a lot of anxiety and I was mm-hmm. having panic attacks regularly, sometimes mm-hmm. three and four times a day, they would wake me up in the middle of the night, you know, and I'd sit upright yeah. and just be like, Oh, and then that lasted for about three or four weeks. And then the, we closed in the midst of all of that. And I got busy putting things online. You know, I, I got busy doing things because mm-hmm. my, as I had more time where I didn't have to like be somewhere every day, but I still had work to do. There was a lot more creative energy that was happening. And I was sitting here in my space, looking out my sliding glass door and the birds came back and there was no airplane noise and no cars. And it was like sort of this, like, I don't, I don't have words maybe to describe it, but it was this very floaty kind of like a bubble here here you are here you are and I was like "Hmm, this is interesting and then as we were getting ready to open partially back up again in June the anxiety returned yeah and what I've noticed that is for myself and other people I work with and my students is that people have periods that the anxiety kind of comes and goes everybody's really living on this edge of the unknown but what I notice is that uh, my like my memory wasn't always really good my clarity wasn't always i would forget things or miss something or it's like this thing of you know we're trying to find this normalcy in this mess 
Mm-hmm. Especially here in the, I mean, you guys in Canada are doing a much better job than yeah. what's happening here. I'm just wondering if, are you feeling that when you're doing your readings, like when you do your daily readings, is any of that coming through or is it just basically <laughs> just here's what it is kind of thing? Let me tell you, Sherry. <laughs> I'll tell you what, every reading, I do a lot of readings. Okay. I do one-on-one readings. I do parties. I do a lot of readings. Every single reading that I've done since mid-March has contained one of three cards that I've started calling the COVID cards that reflect what's going on on a global level. Uh, So it's like these, these cards that are impacting us in a, in a macro level as well as a micro level personally, right. right? So something like the tower, that's the Mac Daddy COVID card, right? Yeah. It's all about blinders coming off and lessons being learned that can be uncomfortable or painful, but they're necessary, yep. you know? So it's for sure being impacted in the readings. Um, when I do my, my full reading, I have a spread that looks kind of like a clock and there are different, we read the cards in pairs around the clock. So like 12 right. and six, one and two. And the cards that show up in career have been really kind of funky and the cards showing up in love have been funky because there's such an overlap, you know, with the, the business and the pleasure it's all sort of, and there maybe isn't as much pleasure. So you're getting the lovers showing up in career along with the, I want to punch in the face card. (laughs) And then I'll tell people that I'm like, this is what's showing up. And they're like, yep, the trucks. So it's what's going on on a, on a global scale is definitely um, not as much. It's waning a little bit, but it's absolutely still there for sure. And I'm just waiting for the day that one of those damn COVID cards doesn't show up because then I know I feel like we'll have passed the the big part. So we have the tower card. What are the other two? Well, now you're asking me and I remember, I don't know what the, I don't know the numbers to see them, but it's, I think mm, it's a swords card. Oh, the knight of swords. That's the one where he's like, ah, right. Like he's going through like um, Tasmanian devil. It's just this crazy chaotic energy. And then the one, (laughs) this is like a quiz I'm going to fail. Oh, here it is. Eight of swords, right? See how she's sitting there and it looks like she's a witch being burned at the stake, right? Like it's feeling like you have to be Houdini to get out of a situation or a circumstance, not having control, being confined, Mm. right? And this card is saying, you just have to, you just have to let it happen and not make mountains out of molehills. And remember that it's a moment that feels like forever when you're in it, but it's a moment, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, right? That tracks. So yeah, a lot of those cards are coming in, but there's also, you know, a lot of people are coming to huge realizations during this time. They may not be pleasant, but they're they're required, right? They're essential. They, the people are realizing that relationships they're in are not, when everything is being stripped away during this time, people are ma- coming together and realizing, oh my God, you're like, this is my community. These are my people, or this is my person, whatever it is. And other people are saying, okay, you know what? This is not, not for so me. <laughs> this yes. is not, this is why are we doing this? And it's necessary. It just sometimes sucks. It does. Well, and and my yoga mentor that I did my teacher training with 19 years ago, God, that's a long time ago. Um, she is also a Vedic astrologist. And so mm. I look to her because she does some energy, you know, she does some forecasts about what's going on with the planets and all mm. of that. And I mean, we came through that whole eclipse pattern and I mean, just Mercury retro and then all those other planets that were retro. Yeah. And it was just like this nonstop stop. 
Yes. And just everybody keeps talking about, you know, 2020 is going to be a hard year and it's it's not going to get better for a while. I mean, it, it could potentially get worse before we get better. So it's like, I feel like, you know, some days I'm just like, maybe I just want to stay in bed with the covers over my head and, and not do anything. But but it has been this time of deciding what serves and what doesn't. Yeah, and it's an awakening. What serves and getting rid of the things that no longer do. And yeah. dealing with the stuff from the past that, you know, you just don't really deal with and it just keeps coming back and being able to go, okay, this is done and we're moving. Yes. On. Well, and that's what I'm saying is that, that I've been telling people the stuff that where universe has been trying to tickle you with feathers, come on, come on this way, this way. And we haven't listened. Now it's like a brick to the face, <laughs> right? Like, how about now? Are you listening now? <laughs> yes. Well, and, and the interesting thing about all of that is that, you know, I was at one point in time in my life, a huge resistor of change, you know, because it was scary. There was just too much fear for me around change. And as a Gemini, I don't like to be bored. And so change is like, you know, that's okay. But I look back at that and I go, what was going on? And why was that happening? But it was all around fear and all around old messaging and old things. And when I started to let go of all that stuff, I was like, okay, now I feel like I'm, you know, in the right space here. But it mm-hmm. took a while to get there. And like you were just talking about, the universe tickling you with the feather. Are you paying attention? Are you paying attention? Okay. And wham. Yeah. And I've had enough of those moments in the last, you know, several <laughs> years. And I'm like, do I really need to have any more of these? I really, really You know what I feel, though? Let me tell you something, Sherry. I believe in cycles, right? We yeah. live our lives in cycles. Seven is a big number, seven-year cycles. And then there are these larger you know, global astrological kind of cycles, the, the, you know, age of Aquarius, thousand years old, that kind of thing. And from 2013, like 2012, 2013-ish until 2020, that was a seven-year, seven-ish year cycle where a lot of stuff got real. Like the things, the lessons you hadn't learned, it was like, okay, we're getting on the sharp code boot now, you know? And big lessons, even if it was good stuff, like having kids or moving abroad, it was still things that you needed to learn. You learn the hard way. And for the people who are ready to take those lessons and learn from them and start walking the talk, I was saying right before 2020, like the last half of last year, if for those ready to do that, 2020 on is going to be amazing. You're going to get the fruits of your labor now. And then 2020 started and everyone was saying, um, hi, (laughs) I want to let's, let's revisit that. But the thing is, it's not like, overnight, it's going to be sunshine and rainbows, right? But I think from 2020 on, we're going to look back in 2027, you and I'll have another podcast. And uh, (laughs) hopefully we'll talk to each other before that. But uh, we'll have a little retrospective and be able to go, wow, like, who was that in 2020? It's going to be this metamorphosis, I'm telling you. Well, and I think that, you know, this is a time of light bulb moments or, mm-hmm. and and not just on a personal level, but companies realizing they don't have to have to treat people like freaking chickens in a hen house where everybody has to sit at a desk in the same room, you know, talking and working and doing all of this shit in order to be successful or have high quality work. In fact, they're probably seeing that they're getting people that are doing better work Mm -hmm. by not being subjected to that while they're working from home. And, and I look at things like, cause I'm in Seattle, which is the home of Amazon and Microsoft and 
all the biotech and, you know, Google. And all of a sudden, you know, they pay a per capita for every tax for every asset they have in the seat in their building. And Seattle was talking about that they were going to raise the per capita tax. And all of a sudden, Amazon said, you know, you guys don't have to come back to work. You just keep working from home. And Microsoft kind of said the same thing. Just just keep working from home. And then Google said, we don't have to come back until next summer. So just stay working from home. And I'm thinking, you know, they finally figured it out that being in a cubby or being in a corral with a bunch of other people is really not conducive to good work. And, but I just hope that they remember that. I hope that, you know, we, we've moved beyond that space. And if for no other reason, they remember that it saves them a ton of money to not have to put all those people in and pay for office buildings. And then everyone's like, well, what are we going to do with those buildings? Well, I don't know. Turn them into affordable housing. I mean, right there. I can think of 15 things off the top of my head that would be better. (laughs) Let's build community centers where people can actually go and spend time together. And, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things you can do with it. So it's just interesting. But um, I, I, my sense is, is that on the days that I feel like, oh my God, I, I don't know if I can get through another day. It's like, Sherry, you, look at all the stuff that you've made it through to make it here today. You're still here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And the and world needs that wisdom and experience. And so it, it's just, you know, I just got to hold on and, and try not to clench my teeth too much. <laughs> <laughs> to make it through this election and get out the other side and move forward because I want to believe, believe that the age of Aquarius is going to usher in this yeah. whole space of things that is going to kick the old white men dinosaurs in their asses and they're mm-hmm. gonna have to let go of all of that nasty stuff that energy yeah. and so. I'll tell you what I may be in Canada but I mean Everyone is very has a very vested interest in that happening for you. I know they do. <laughs> we are all like, you know, come we on, share guys. The you know, it's not like well, and it's so interesting because I met a guy on I think it was Tinder. This has been probably three, four years ago. Yeah. And he had come from Las Vegas and he was working for the the Navy. So he was a civilian contractor working for the Navy. He kept telling me, I have security clearance and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And we met in person and I was like, okay, underwhelming. But he told me that he was preparing to move to Canada and that there were things that were going to happen in this country and it was going to make it not safe for me to be here, for people to be here. And that he was working to try and bring his son with him and that he said, you know, you need to you need to get out of there. He says, it's not going to be safe for you to stay in this country. And I'm like, who the fuck are you, dude? Right. And he's like, he goes, I'm telling you the truth. And I have a security clearance and I'm like, and now all of a sudden looking back going, what the hell did that dude know that he didn't right. come out and tell me? about. I wonder where he is now. Well, I don't know. I I mean, we had one date and I was like, yeah, no. Yeah, it's okay. Keep going. Yeah. (laughs) Keep swiping. Stopping by. And then we had a phone conversation because he was mad that I didn't call him back. And I was talking about something and he tried to tell me what I needed to do. And I was like, okay, bye-bye. We're done here. Thank you. (laughs) That's a good call. You don't have to consult a psychic to know that was a good call. So are you still working in communications or are you, you've transitioned to? Yeah, this is what I, I've been doing this professionally for years now. I do still, I'm a writer as well. So I do some freelance writing on the side. I have a friend who has a, 
a philanthropic, um, a charity that she does a lot of work in Africa. And so I do writing for her and another friend who has a pet food company and I do writing for them. So I just do little writing things here and there. It just keeps things interesting. But it's starting, I'm actually having, since the pandemic started, actually having to kind of pull back on it a little bit, the writing stuff to not spread myself too thin because the tarot is really, with everything being online, it's really busy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In a so, great way, but yeah. and you've got you've got kids too. I do. Yep, I have two teenagers, thirteen and seventeen. So it's pretty good because they can. You know, I always say is when your youngest kid can wipe its own butt, it's golden. <laughs> like that's when everything just the birds start swinging and the sun is shining. <laughs> so I've been good for a while. They're great kids. You know, you, that makes me think of my daughter when she was little when she would be in the, when she learned to go to the bathroom by herself, but she wasn't wiping herself yet. And she'd sit in there and go, mama, come wipe me. Oh. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that was sort I mean, that's still people can say, cause I mean, that happened for years. And now I have a four-year-old granddaughter Aww. who we get to spend one day. I take care of her one day of week. And <laughs> And it's usually on Wednesday when I teach yoga at noon. So I set her up. She's got popcorn and she gets a movie on the little iPad. And But invariably, even though I say, let's go potty before Momo teaches yoga. And we do. It's halfway through, three quarters of the way through. Momo, I'm done. (laughs) Not come wipe me, but I'm done. And it's like, and it's kind of that same sing song voice. And I'm like, it's a time warp here. (laughs) Yeah, that is some strong genetics. <laughs> so, but funny. yes, you're right. When they do know how to wipe themselves, it it changes yeah. things tremendously. And I remember seeing in your stories about your son, you had him fold the laundry or something, and he used oh my a plastic. <laughs> He's my son is hilarious. He will. He had to. Yeah, he pulled clothes out of the dryer and just left them. You know, looking for a shirt or something. So I said, right. okay, you know what? You can now fold this load. And yeah. he was like, mm. and then he went to fold them and it was all my stuff. And I, and I bought these like <laughs> granny panties at the start of quarantine by accident, the wrong style. Now I love them. They're my favorite, but they're like a sleeping bag. And <laughs> my husband calls them the Bridget Jones undies. And so he's holding them up. My son's like, uh, trying not to vomit. And he put plastic shopping bags on each hand to fold them. Cause he's like, where are the gloves? I'm like, we're not wasting gloves on you being a baby. So yeah, he does stuff like that. He's ridiculous. He's fun. (laughs) That made me laugh so hard when I saw that. I was just like, oh my God. And you took pictures of him doing it. And I thought, does he know that she's taking pictures of him? No, he absolutely doesn't completely without consent. But I said, that's another part of your, of your punishment. No consent. And also, I started my kids during quarantine saying every week you're responsible for at least one dinner, like start to finish, do the whole meal. I'll be there for consulting. Tell me what the ingredients are, but you have to make it all fine. And my daughter's like, can we make, she's 13, can we make chicken fingers? Can I make macaroni and cheese? Can I make this? Can I make that? Sure, sure, sure. My son, I'd like to make squab. I'm like, what the what the hell is a squab? It's like pigeon. I'm like, oh. no, we're not making that. How about I want to make Peking duck? I'm like, no, I want to make muscle. I want to make lobster. Like he has all of these Cornish game stuff. He's just a wacky dude. He's the quirkiest kid. He's amazing. So yeah. what's going on with school for your kids up there? 
Uh, we just found out that, so they've been off since mid-March, like right. the kids in step foot in school. And in September, it looks like for high school, they're going to go half time. They'll do half time in person, half time online learning. And so, so they can stagger the days. And then my daughter in elementary, because they do elementary from kindergarten to grade eight here. Oh, she will go every day, but they have to wear masks in class. And I guess they're, I don't know how it's going to work, honestly, because they're, they're trying to limit the class size, but the school yeah, is only. Do that? If you, I was going to say, if you don't have enough room to put people. Well, I know in some locations around here, they were talking about, you could pick Monday, Tuesdays or Thursday, yeah. Fridays, and they were closed on Wednesday for a big clean between the two sections of kids coming in. And, you know, Who and knows? a lot of people, I, you know, I've, my bonus daughter, who's my daughter's best friend from high school, she's got three kids. Now, one of them is the same age as my granddaughter. They'll both be four this year. So they're not kind of, but she's got a, I think a 10 year old or an 11 year old. And she's like, I'm looking at this homework and I don't understand it. And I'm not quite sure what there's. And she goes, I'm thinking that just doing homeschooling, at least I would be in control and know what it is that I'm trying to teach them, have the answers to be able to understand, to help them. Cause she said, right now I have no clue. What's yeah. Going it's, on. it was a weird adjustment. It was wacky times back in, back in the old days in April. <laughs> When we were trying to do things, thank God my husband is kind of like Rain Man with math. He's a re- and his dad's a math professor and stuff. So he, oh. I just pushed all the math over to him. There you go. And then for the writing stuff, I said, "Come to me." And everything else was like, "Well, just whatever. Do your best." <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to be a scientist, so it's fine. (laughs) It's so interesting because all of, you know, like the UW here, you know, most of the colleges are, it's going to be online. I mean, they're smart enough to realize that with this raging out of control here in this country, you cannot continue to put people together. But I also see, you know, I take my granddaughter to the park because you know, I try and take her so that we can go and do as many things that are as normal as possible. Yes. And there's not always a lot of people there, but sometimes there are little kids there and she just, she, she wants to play. She wants yeah. to make friends. And she was going to outdoor preschool um, before the whole thing shut oh, wow. down. And so they have now for the month of August, her outdoor preschool has set it up that it's, you have to do it five days a week and it's, from 9 to 1230. And it's the same group of five children for the whole month of August. Okay. And and it's all outside, right? They're not indoors. They're not, I mean, they're outside. They're playing. I mean, that's what they do anyway. I mean, she wears this green, whether it's raining, whatever it is, they're outside. And I mean, you go to pick her up and she's got dirt all over her face and sweaty and happy as can be. And it just cracks me up. So it'll be good for her to go back and to be able to be with kids again. Yeah. And just to have that structure, like they just crave it. So, well, and because I asked my daughter, because my daughter and son-in-law are both still working from home, right? And so a few weeks into it, at the beginning back in April, I said, so how are things going? She's like, well, you know, we're doing okay if one of us would get on board with, you know, what's going on. And I said, honey, she's three. And all of a sudden, (laughs) you're home every day. And she's used to being able to come and spend a day with me, go and spend a day with her other grandparents. So I said, she's used to seeing her people and she has things that she does with each person that she spends time with. And now all of a sudden she's trapped in the house with you two and you guys are working. Mm -hmm. What do you expect? It was hard. 
because I'd go to see her and she, you know, she understood about the big bad germs, but she's like, why can't I hug you? And how come I can't come oh. and do a spend over? And I was just like, oh, okay. It's I know, be right? But, you know, we just started in, I guess it was late May. Mm-hmm. Um, the kids were like, we're just going to keep it small and you get her one day a week and she's going to go to Mike's folks and we're going to. Yeah, nice. So, but I, you know, just having two teenagers who are used to kind of being semi-independent. I mean, how do you address that? Because I know the teenagers, some of them, you know, I want to see my boyfriend, my girlfriend, I, mm-hmm. and they're very social creatures. So how do you handle that? Well, they're not, honestly, our... <laughs> Our lives didn't change a whole lot because my husband and I both work from home. So we were already used to that. Right. My kids were pretty homebody kind of family. My son doesn't go out and party and stuff. He's he's a quirky dude. He would love nothing more than to be in the middle of the lake in a canoe. You know, he wants, he's an outdoorsy guy. He's doing a solo trip next week to the wilderness of Canada. So um, he will see friends and they'll go for a walk around the track at the school, you know, and just a little, a little walk and talk. Um, They haven't even been meeting or like to go hang out really. They go, they they really, I don't know, they'll just sort of get together and go for, they'll really literally just go for a walk. I mean, maybe they're doing stuff on the walks I don't know about, but (laughs) I choose to believe, you know, you're going on a walk, you come home, you can still walk straight. It seems fine. You know, right. And then my daughter, um, she she FaceTimes and, you know, texts with her friends. And so, yeah, one of them involved in sports or my daughter a lot. Yeah, she plays volleyball at a pretty high level. So we don't know what's happening moving yeah, forward with that but she still my husband goes out every day and practices with her in the yard and she's been actually helping at a summer camp as a junior counselor oh and it's outdoors kind of like yeah. with your granddaughter it's completely yeah. outdoors they don't go outside even it's pouring rain right now they don't go inside and so she's been helping out at that and that's given her some structure and yeah. and some socializing and yeah it's the connecting with other humans that i worry about with the kitties but hopefully it's not forever right i don't think it is i think no i don't either but like you said things are cyclical mm-hmm. and looking back at history and the only thing that we have to really compare this to is is the flu epidemic or pandemic mm-hmm. in in the early 1900s and how that you know just kind of hung on and came back again and mm-hmm. I worry because there are so many people who are thinking that a vaccine is going to be the silver bullet. And it's like people, they don't even have a good treatment path, nor do they really know what's going to be long lasting effects of anybody who's had it and gotten well and what that's going to mean to long term health, let alone if you talk to any doctor, any scientist who does vaccines and they develop mm-hmm. drugs and do all of that, it's a four plus year long journey. <laughs> and trying to do it in saying, five months. They're going to do it in five months and they don't even <laughs> understand everything there is to know about this virus to begin with. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm not interested in injecting any of that into my body. And they're yeah. talking about how in the States, at least that there's like, it's like 50, 50 of people saying, There's no way in hell I'm getting that vaccine. So I think about stuff like that. And I think about my brother who works in biotech and they're getting ready to start going into production on multiple vaccines. Wow. And I'm like, he's like, (laughs) you're just like, I'll just put on a second mask on top of my first mask and stay inside. Well, and I have autoimmune issues and things that were 
caused by pharmaceuticals. So I am highly sensitive and reactive to pharmaceuticals. So it's not going to happen for me anyway. But I look at stuff like that and I just think, you know, we, we still have a longer haul to go with this. And I don't know what you've noticed in Canada, but, you know, there's so much independence in this country of don't tell me what to do. And I get that because I'm like that too, right? I don't want anyone to tell me what to do. But I had a conversation with my guest who was live last week, and she was talking about this whole thing about it's become really apparent that my health is dependent on your health and your health is dependent on my health. And she said, and some people get that and other people don't. Yeah, I think that's a reckoning that's happening in your country. And you look at countries that have handled it the best. They're all countries run by women. And they're countries like New Zealand, Germany, Denmark, Taiwan. They're they're countries that are, and Canada, I would group in that as well. We're kind of rule followers. And we're very much more about sort of the collective rather than the individual. But you still get the yahoos. I mean, there's yahoos everywhere. But the yahoos get drowned out. They don't get as much of a platform up here. Thank God. <laughs> We're just like, shut up. It's so funny because Rob. They don't show Stewart, up with assault rifles on the steps of the right. Uh, yeah, thank the God. Building. Yeah, but there's no, still the, good people. Yeah, the yeah the premier of our of our province, who's kind of like our governor, is a bit of a Yahoo, bit of a like old boy kind of. And when he got elected, we were like, oh God, it's a Canadian Trump. We're screwed. But he has handled things really well. Surprise! Like everyone is going, I can't believe it. I might be voting for this guy next time because he's done so well. And the main thing he's done is listen to the health experts, right? And when any of these ding-dongs come up, well, I'm not wearing a mask, blah, blah, he gets on TV and he's like, you guys are idiots. Like, stop it. Well, so, the, when you say that, is that um, he listened to the health experts and yeah. everything that, you know, and I don't, I haven't watched the news because, I mean, I lost my job and went through the shit when the crash happened here in 2008 and mm-hmm. nine, right? And mm-hmm. never really came back from that to mm. the space where I was before all of that. Yeah. The podcasts and things that I do listen to, they were talking about the fact that part of the problem that happened here then in the countries that were more successful is that it got politicized here. Mm-hmm. Instead of using the CDC and this great network that they created to handle epidemics right? and pandemics, and they had yeah. a, a book and there were people that were trained and they were out in community health positions. Instead mm-hmm. of relying on that and having it be a community health issue, it became a political issue. Yeah. Now I'm in... Seattle in Washington, which was patient zero in the beginning. Yes. And so we had people here. I mean, we have some of the best research hospitals in the world and UW is one of them. And so people were back, this was back in January and people were like, we're going to do this. And they yeah. were waiting for the government to tell them. And our governor happened to do it correctly in that he would be the deliverer of the information, but the information all came from the public health officials. And we have very strong public health in this state. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, you know, you talking about that is like, it's the same kind of thing with what's going on in our state. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, instead of having some sort of a federal policy that made it cohesive and a supply chain and Mm -hmm. all of that, it was just like, you guys got to do it for all. Yeah. And in the beginning, it was don't wear masks, save those for the healthcare workers. The masks aren't going to do anything for you. And that messaging went out for quite a while. And then to try and backtrack that and change that was you need to wear a mask, you need to wear a mask. And I mean, I had a little difficulty with making that 
transition myself. And, you know, it's just messaging and it's like, God. I know. I know. I'm praying for you guys. I guess I'm just (laughs) sending out so much love. Well, there just needs to be a transition and it needs to be as peaceful as possible. But I think that that upheaval and you talk about the tower card and the blinders coming off and and looking at things around race and Mm -hmm. around the systemic pieces and parts of all of this and watching what happened in Portland with the, basically the brown shirt. Mm -hmm. And I just think that it's gained this momentum and I'm hoping that everybody has the stamina to stick with it. Well, I think it's kind of like the toothpaste is out of the tube. You can't stuff it back in. Right. It feels like it feels like it's there's a very big shift happening that needs to happen, but it's uncomfortable. And we have it up here, too. It's very uncomfortable, but it's necessary. Now, let me ask you this, because I know that what I seem to remember from, you know, my my forays into Canada was more about indigenous folks and Mm -hmm. not necessarily. Oh, no, we're super racist against black folks, too, up here. Okay. Oh. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> like don't try and we're not uh we're not we're not winning any prizes, let me tell you. But okay. the treatment of indigenous people up here is appalling. It is well, I mean it is here too. So horrific. I mean, you know. Yeah. And there's a large I'm from Calgary. There's a large population. And my sister is a public health nurse who works in indigenous communities. And so yeah, there's a it's pretty it's pretty abysmal. And now it's you know, it's out in the open. So it's you can't just pretend it's not happening, which well, I think a I, lot of I, us I loved done. your analogy of it's out of the toothpaste too. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Did they squeeze from the bottom or from the middle on that? I think they just took a hammer and they just (laughs) clunked it. (laughs) Started banging on it like a -a (laughs) whack-a-mole. Well, I would, we we talked before we got a date set and everything. I would love to have you do a, Pull like some cards. some cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah just baby, let's so do it. Can... Yeah. So what I'm going to do, you're going to hear me knock on the deck. And that's just to get the zhuzh out from the, the reading I did earlier. Okay. Um, and then I shuffle the deck as I look at you super awkwardly and intensely. <laughs> they can't hear that on, over the, the Yeah, but I'm, okay. <laughs> I'm staring at you. And then I'm just going to cut the deck. And then what I'm going to do is just um, ask the deck really simple question. What does Sherry need to know right now? Okay. And then I'm going to pull three cards. Because even if you ask about something else, because we're doing just this, often the cards that come up will resonate and have nothing to do with your question. It's like the cards are saying, honey, your question was nice. Here's what you need to know. So let's just ask. <laughs> what the cards that's perfect. Decide. That's perfect. Yeah. What does Sherry need to know right now? And I close my eyes always. That's my card. Ooh, listen, okay, none of this is going to come as a surprise for you, but it's interesting to see how the, I picked three cards. These three cards just form a beautiful message for you. So first up, you have the Queen of Wands, okay? In my readings, queens represent real women, kings represent real men. And the queens all have very distinct, robust, delicious personalities. When a king shows up, it's always kind of, yeah, whatever, it's a dude, put a pin in him, we'll see how he fits in. But the queens, this is the Oprah Rah-Rah living your best life queen. She, wands are all about passion, purpose, potential. She's the queen of that. She's figured out what she wants 
wants to be when she grows up, right? Which isn't how she makes her money. It's how she lives her life. What kind of person she's becoming, what kind of life she's leading. And when this card shows up, it's an encouraging card saying, honey, you're on the path to that. Keep going. You want her as your beacon guiding you as you move forward, right? But it's a beautiful, encouraging card saying you're on the way to that. Then you've got um, this card, the, what is this? See, I have to look, the four of wands, okay? And okay. this card for me, this is one of those cards that kind of veers off and isn't necessarily the traditional tarot 101. This is the card of self-care and self-kindness saying, my love, you need to put yourself first. You need to remember that your energy, physical, spiritual, emotional is like a big balloon, right? And you're giving to friends and family and work and this and that and this and that and <clears throat> Pretty soon you're a flat empty balloon. You've got nothing left. You get depleted and it starts to manifest physically and you get sick. This card is saying you've got to take the time to ah, fill that balloon, whether it's reading a book, getting an extra 20 minutes of sleep, doing a little yoga for yourself instead of just teaching it, right? Right? Yeah. All yeah. those things that yeah. help you fill your balloon, um, the time you dedicate to that and you do often have to time block it. Yeah. is more important than the time you're giving everyone and everything else more important mm. than the kids and the grandkids okay. and the friends and the work and all of it, because you have to be going from a full tank to be the best parent, sister, friend, partner, grandma, all the stuff. Right. And you're kind of like, it's like when the, when the plane is going down and you're supposed to put your own mask on before you help anyone else and you're belly crawling up to the drinks cart guy trying to get his mask on. <laughs> and when this card shows up is saying, baby, <laughs> put your freaking mask on. All right. <laughs> And then you've got this beautiful six of wands. And look, he's so great. They're throwing him a parade. It's this guy on a horse and everyone's cheering him on. And this card is a card of success and completion and being recognized and valued for who you are and what you're putting out there in the world. So this card can represent job offers, raises, promotions, new clients, expansions, or an adder girl or God, that's Sherry. She really knows her stuff, right? It's getting the acclaim and the kudos and the accolades for who you are and what you're putting out in the world. So it's a really great card of success. And on the other side is this beautiful queen of wands, fulfilling her potential, stepping into her purpose, living her best life. And look what's in the middle of it. That's the linchpin of all of it. Take better care of yourself. Show yourself the kindness and love and compassion that you want to give out in the world. Know that you have to fill your own tank first. And See how right. that tells a beautiful thing? And that's that's nothing that I haven't heard from um, <laughs> friends. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and that's what often happens. These readings often just validate what you already know. I always tell people I'm not a fortune teller. I'm not going to say you're going to meet Phil at the Starbucks on Tuesday. That's not my jam. Um, we just hook into your energy and you read yourself. It's you just kind of life coach the crap out of yourself right there. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's so interesting because I've been working on some things and trying to decide whether I was um, talented enough or whether I had enough uh, I don't know, um, knowledge to be able to go ahead and do it. And my friend yesterday was like, Sherry, you've got to get behind yourself. You mm -hmm. have stuff people need. And she said, mm -hmm. and not only do you have experience, but she said you have heart and passion. I was like, oh, okay. Never underestimate the power of wisdom and a life lived. You know, there are things that you can offer up that, that some 20 year old twink can't <laughs> like straight up. <laughs> That's just facts. <laughs> They can offer up other things, but wisdom and experience, that is um, something to be valued and and to know your worth on that for sure. I'm assuming that um, you're, you people are finding you just either through social media or they worked with you in the past or your website. Is that correct? Is that? You know what happened, Sherry? The, the Google God smiled on me 
I oh. changed my website in March to just say Zoom stuff available, like Zoom parties, Zoom readings, and the Google things hooked into it or something. And now if you Google online tarot Zoom, I'm like the first thing that comes up. Awesome. I don't know how it happened. I read a guy in, in um, New York once. He's like, excellent SEO. And I was like, please tell me how this happened because I have no clue. <laughs> he said, what's I don't SEO? Know I don't it, know. Right? I was like, what does that mean? Um but he's, yeah, he said it's basically the search engine optimization, yeah, optimization just kind of happened yeah. naturally. So yeah. I'm getting, I do readings all over the world and, and it's word of mouth, but it's a lot of Googling and a lot of Instagram. Well, I was going to say, because yeah. I mean, that was, and I can't remember how I found you. I found you through someone else and I don't remember who it was, but then I yeah. saw you do that, you know, you're reading the card of the day and I, and just your delivery, your, your personality, just, you know, as my friend Laurel would say, your je ne sais quoi came through. And I was just like, oh, I'm vibing with that. I like that. I, I like love that, that. I will make sure that we um, have all of your contact information in the show notes. And, but it's, tell me what your web address is. So the people. Have oh, sure. Super easy. It's www.tarolori.com and it's T-A-R-O-T-L-O-R-I. And you can find me on Facebook and Instagram using that as well. I'm all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out in the interwebs. <laughs> the interwebs. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. Well, I thank you so much for your time sure. for sharing all of your your wisdom of your life lived and uh, how you've just sort of pulled all this together. And I love the fact that you talked about sort of the, the ebb and flow of all of this. And um, you know, that's something that a 20 something, even a 30 something doesn't really understand with some of this stuff is, you know, there's going to be ebbs and flows. I had somebody Mm -hmm. ask me, you've been teaching yoga for that long. Don't you get bored with it? Um, no. Yeah. And I mean, and, and, you know, and I have ebbs and flows. I have, you know, good days and bad days and, and that the four of wands and the self-care, I mean, there have been times where, you know, I've taught through injury and illness and all of that. And someone's like, I can't believe that you did that through that whole time period. And it's like, because it pulled me out of being in my head and thinking about all my shit so that mm-hmm. I could serve someone else. And it renews me to do that. Mm-hmm. It renews me to have the, so when my, when we used to be able to meet in person to have them walk through the door and, you know, I could be busy during my day or whatever, especially my noontime class, you know, it's in the middle of my day. I I would stop doing whatever else I was doing and come in and spend time with these people. And they were always, you know, thank you so much. Thank you. So, and it's like, no, thank you. I get just Mm -hmm. as much. It's an energy exchange for me. I get just as much from you as you get from me. And just to be able to filmed my own yoga DVD back in 2009, I have students that are still using (laughs) that um, very basic uh, and I've done pre-recorded classes. I've got stuff up on my YouTube. YouTube. I mean, I've done all of this stuff for years. But to go to a strictly online format every day yeah. and teaching is very different because I feed off of that energy in the room and I teach on the fly. I don't really have to demo as much when I'm teaching in person. I just walk through the room. I see, you know, I get cues suggested from what I see happening in the room. And it's really hard when you're looking at postage stamp size people. Yeah. And a lot of them are showing me their ceiling or their television. <laughs> their belly button. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's been an adjustment, but it's been a really 
um, gratifying way to be able to build and maintain community. I mean, some of my students have been taking me for some time, but I've also gotten a lot of new people who haven't ever really taken from me and been able to build this community. And I get emails from them saying, I, I love your classes. I love that you take time afterwards to talk with people and keep that community. So mm. are you noticing, I mean, are you doing more online than you were before? Because oh, of the I'm, pandemic. I'm exclusively online. And I you don't were do not any exclusively before that? No, I was maybe 30% online. I've done oh. online for years, but it was mostly in person. A lot of parties at people's homes, people right. coming to my home studio. I've started doing a few parties here and there. I've only done maybe three or four. I tried doing two readings at my home and both times I wasn't comfortable without us wearing masks. Right. And me being in a mask, trying to do readings, I kept sucking the mask into my face. And after an hour, I almost passed out. So I thought this is not for me. And to me, energy, there are no boundaries to energy. So um, doing it face to face, whether it's in person or online, it really doesn't have that much there's not not a real difference for me necessarily, but it's but you're you're because... actually looking people in the face when you're I'm, talking, yeah, right, right? and yeah. I'm not having to look at their form <laughs> or <laughs> their stealing like... or their television or their dog yeah. that wanders through. I do yeah. love that I get to see where they live. I get to see <laughs> their pets, their kids, their grandkids. Yeah. I mean, that gives me a depth of knowledge that I didn't have before. So that that's kind of interesting. So are you seeing also that you um you, so now you have exposure worldwide that you probably mm-hmm. didn't have as much before as you do now. And true. When the Google thing happened, I know the weekend it hit because all of a sudden I was getting calls from Virginia and Utah and New Mexico, like all over the States. Um, globally, I've had, I've read people from South Korea, Australia, Italy, all over the place for about, I'd say like the last two years, maybe mm-hmm. um, it's been picking up, but the States in particular, huh, interesting. the Google gods. Yeah. God bless Google. Oh yeah. Uh, that's a whole other conversation. Gonna name my next kid Google, I guess. <laughs> well, thank you again for your time and for of sharing course. that and uh for what you do every day, that card poll. I don't know if anybody else, but the first thing I do when I pick up my phone and open up Instagram is I gotta find Lori. What does she have to say about today? Oh, I need I to know what's that. going on today. Because it's just kind of an anchor right now that I, yeah. I need is just to you know, hear your voice and, and have you look at the card and go, oh, now see, now this is, you know, yeah. and it's like, and you, at least for me, because not everybody hears things the same way, yeah. but what you have to say just resonates so deeply. That I'm like, okay, I can go on with my day now. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. It was my husband who suggested I start doing that. I'm so really? indebted to him. Yep. And he's more intuitive than he gives himself credit for. And then when I, even today's, Well, no, today's was pretty good for everybody. But a lot of the time when I pull a card, I think, why am I even doing this? This is obviously my message. This is just to do with me. Why no one else is going to, this is not going to resonate. And then I get messages throughout the day. Oh my God, how did you know this is my card? Oh my God. So yeah, Tarot always knows. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's what I, uh, okay. Yeah. That was the comment that I'd heard um, you make on one of the stories. And I was like, you know, I, that's. That's exactly what it is. So, all right. Well, look for all of her info in the show notes, folks, and go and check her out. Her daily card reads are in her stories and they really are wonderful. And uh, you'll have all the spaces to be able to go and check her out. She's got, you have Linktree, don't you, on your Instagram? Yeah, my Instagram, it's it's like Linktree. Yeah. Yeah. So you can, you can check out all of her stuff and uh, go and uh, 
sign up for a reading because I think you might really enjoy it. Thanks Thank again, you. Lori. <laughs> Thanks so much.